You are listening to the Practical Islamic Finance Podcast, where we try to help people globally build wealth in a halal way. We hope you find it useful and fun. Anything you hear in this podcast is not to be understood as personalized financial or investment advice and only represents the views of the speaker. Investing entails risk, including loss of principal. Be sure to do your own due diligence before you make any investment decisions. Assalamu alaikum. Coursera recently published their earnings for the full year of 2021. And since Coursera is a member of the PIF growth portfolio, I will be reviewing the numbers and traction to see if any changes in my thesis need to be made. Before I start, if you are new here, my name is Erkan Kayeli, founder of practicalislamicfinance.com, where we help people globally build wealth in a halal way. You can follow my crypto and stock portfolios by becoming a member. Link to do so is in the description. And if you enjoy these types of videos, I'd really appreciate if you left a like. Now, back to Coursera. My thesis for Coursera is as follows. Today, virtually all useful knowledge exists somewhere on the internet, so it makes perfect sense for an online marketplace for learning to emerge. There probably won't just be one company in the space, but as the first mover in this space and with many prestigious companies and universities offering courses on their platform, Coursera is well positioned to continue to be a clear leader in the space with an addressable market that is in the hundreds of billions of dollars globally. Additionally, as a purpose-driven investor who is seeking to only invest in things that are halal, there are few more noble endeavors than those which aim to spread useful knowledge in the world and make this useful knowledge accessible to more people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Taha, bi zidni alma. Say, O oh my Lord, increase me in knowledge. So that was the thesis in a nutshell. Now let's look at the numbers to see if the thesis that is basically theory translated into hard numbers as per Coursera's most recent quarterly report. For the full year of 2021, top line revenue grew by around 40% compared to the full year of 2020. Now, rather than look at the rest of these numbers in just number format, I'd like to see them as a percentage of total revenue so that I can get a gauge of how the business is evolving over time. Towards this end, I created the following spreadsheet using the numbers in Coursera's most recent earnings report. We can see that the cost of revenues for Coursera as a percentage of total revenues has actually decreased in 2021 compared to 2020. So that's a very positive development. The gross profit margin increased to 60% compared to 52% in 2020 and 51% in 2019. Of concern to me was the fact that selling general and admin expenses actually increased as a percentage of total revenue compared with the two years prior. So it was 61% in 2021 compared to 49% in 2020 and 47% in 2019. When you see this trend of increasing SGNA compared to total revenue as a percentage that is, when you see this trend, you want to make sure that this is not indicative of the fact that the company is finding it harder to generate more revenue for every added dollar in selling and marketing expenses that it is spending. So I did a little digging into this number, and it turns out that the real problem with Coursera's 
operating expenses, is their total stock-based compensation expense, which is embedded into the other operating expenses that you can see. So research and development includes some of that. Sales and marketing, general and admin, includes some of this expense. So in 2021, it was 91 million. Compared to 2020, it was around 16 million. So I think this is really the main contributor to this increase in operating expenses. Now, the reason why I think Coursera has been so generous in this stock-based compensation is the following. This is my theory. I could be wrong, but this is my theory. You look here, basic earnings per share. You can see right now for 2021, it is minus $1.28 because the company is not yet profitable. Now, compare that to the year prior, it was negative $1.80. So if you look at these numbers, you say, hey, it went from negative $1.80 to negative $1.28. That's positive, right? We're going in the right direction. We're going closer to profitability. However, the reason why it appears that we're going closer to profitability from just looking at the earnings per share is because there are more shares. So the loss is distributed amongst more shares. So the best time, the most advantageous time for a company to issue stock-based compensation is when it is losing money because it appears as though when they dilute the number of shares, make more of them, that is, it appears as though the earnings per share are heading in the right direction. This is why I think Coursera has been rather liberal with their stock-based compensation. However, I think that this trend will not continue and eventually Coursera has to tighten the belt in terms of stock-based compensation. So I'll be looking in the next earnings call for any commentary on the stock-based compensation. They received no questions about this in their previous earnings call, but that's something that I'm definitely going to be looking out for. The good news is this is not something structural to the business. And basically all of the other numbers that Coursera reported, including close to 100 million users of their platform globally, all of the other numbers that Coursera reported have been rather positive, as has been their guidance. It's been rather positive. And let's talk about that right now. This will help us with evaluating what the prospects of Coursera stock are. In 2022, they are expecting a 30% growth rate. So they expect in 2022, around 540 million in total revenue. And if we assume the price to sales ratio remains the same, so the price to sales ratio right now is close to six, let's assume it remains the same by the end of the year. And a guidance for next year is around 30% growth, which would lead to a market cap at the end of this year of 4.2 billion, which would mean that the share price would grow 46% and would reach a price of $29.17. Assuming, of course, that investors are not diluted that much during this year. So this means if you are aiming for a return of around 30%, which is what my target return is for the PIF growth portfolio, so long as the stock is less than $22.50, I am a buyer of this stock. 
unless and until material information is revealed that causes me to change my thesis on the stock. Again, if you want to follow these changes as soon as they happen, consider becoming a member. You can follow my stock portfolio and crypto portfolio move for move. And if our thesis changes for any of the investments that we have as a member, you'll be the first to know. Now, let's assume that the 30% growth rate extends for another year. This would mean that the 2024 total revenue projection is around 900 million. And again, assuming the same forward price to sales ratio, that means at the end of 2023, we're looking at a projected market cap of around 5.4 billion or a share price growth of around 29%, which translates to a share price of $37.50. Obviously, these are projections. They are only valid to the extent that my assumptions were valid and accurate. So make sure to do your own due diligence. This was not personalized investment advice. Never invest money that you can't afford to lose. If you enjoyed this analysis, I'd really appreciate if you left a like, subscribe, and until next time, make sure to take care of yourself. Assalamu alaikum and peace be upon you all.